today we are talking all about this topic. Travis is going to put it up here for us. He's working on quite a few things. He's multitasking. Away with words. Before we dive in today, I want to share some memes with you of some people who have a clever way with words. Anybody like memes? I know the teenagers really do, and sometimes it's just a good way to just laugh or giggle, and I, I just like them. But they, these are all about the power of words, so I hope they make you kind of smile or, or giggle. Or Here we go. This guy, some of you are kind of those antisocial people. How many of you feel like this first person? He's saying, stop talking. You never make sense anyways. It's just like, just, just stop, stop. Or there's those people like the cat. I know a lot of you ladies are this way. Like, don't talk to me until I've had my coffee. Maybe that's where it stops. But then some people, then after that, oh, wait, go back. Then after that, please still don't talk to me. <laughs> you know, you're like, just, just, no, no, no. Okay, all right. Now we have those people who love to talk. Yes, I have some kids in my class who love to talk. This one is in honor of teachers. Dear teacher, I talk to everyone. Moving my seat will not help. Or any of you like that in school? Yes, those social butterflies. Do, 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 do. Okay, and then we, of course we have Buddy the Elf. I love talking. Talking's my favorite. I know some of you ladies are just like, talking is my thing. Okay, let's see the next one. Bill Cosby. Can you just hear, picture him saying this? Why gotta be so rude? Anybody feel that way when you're out and about? It's like, come on, really? And then we have the guy. Customer service is easy if there aren't any customers. <laughs> Yes, right. Customer service guru right there. Like, yeah. Okay, and then we have about men and women. The difference of men and women and how they talk and communicate. This one on the left. For women, talking is a way to resolve problems in a relationship. And then the men. For men, talking is the problem in the relationship. Yes, that's true. You married people sometimes. Okay, and then we have this massive iceberg here the first one says when a girl talks to a guy here's what he understood you see that little bit on the top here's what he understood and look way below the surface there's what she really meant yeah. i know sometimes with taylor it's like you gotta fill in the blanks or go between the lines right because it's like here's what i actually mean okay then here's when a guy talks to a girl here's what he really meant this small little bit and here's what the woman understood down that Yes, you have to read into the situation sometimes. So, away with words. Words have power, right? We all know people who have a way with words. Some use their words in a positive, creative, life-giving way. But there are other people on the flip side, and let's hope none of us are these people, but have a way with words that's cutting, negative, downgrading, inappropriate, upsetting, or unsettling. My challenge today is that we would all be known as people with a way with words, but in the best possible sense. I can remember one busy Saturday at Hobby Lobby where I had a customer who had a way with words, but it wasn't in a good way because I was a customer service manager at Hobby Lobby, store number three in Tulsa, when Abigail was a baby. And I must admit, it was a really fun job because you all know me, I love to shop, right? That's just my thing. And I love to chat people up. So it was a job that was a match made in heaven. I absolutely loved working there. But one day, it wasn't quite so fun. 
we were busy, and I was trying to call backup cashiers to the front to get everybody through. So I called them up, and I am trying to get people at the front of the lines cycled and funneled to other lines. You know, start at the beginning, work my way back. Well, one guy thought I had called the people behind him, before him, which I had not, but he let me in half the store literally know about it. He began to yell, and I mean not quietly, like everyone's staring. And I, I mean, I have never had a person yell at me before in my entire life. So I came up to him calmly, hoping to defuse the situation, and, he, and that just made him even more mad. He said, and I quote, Do you think this is funny? Why are you smiling? Are you asking to get beat up? I kid you not. Oh, so my heart is like racing, and my response was, no, I don't. This is just my face. <laughs> and I walked away. So just, well, you have to know, my mouth curves up naturally. So when I'm not smiling even, it looks like I'm smiling. And I was dead serious. But in that moment, I didn't feel like smiling, right? Because that not-so-nice guy had a way with words. And really, I have never had someone yell on me at, like, at me like that. And I thought, I mean, what if he acted on that threat? I don't know. But he definitely had a way with words. Yikes. I told my principal that one time, and she still tells. We were at a faculty meeting, and she told the entire staff, like, at our school. She just thought it was so funny. Okay, it wasn't at the time. So my challenge for you today is to be a person who has a way with words that's positive, encouraging, uplifting, and joyful. The list goes on and on. Did you know their research suggests that women use an average of, get this, 20,000 words a day compared to the mere 7,000 that men utter in a day? I know, I believe it too. But still, that's a lot of words. With as many words we speak, we could literally fill an entire library full in a lifetime, right? But if we did, what would the title of those books be? The tongue has a powerful influence on our lives and on others. God is looking for a holy life, and some of those key areas that we must guard against with all diligence is our hearts and our tongue. There is life and death in the power of the tongue. How many of you know that? Words are containers of power that create action. They either build up or they tear down. Words have the power, like we said, to bring life or death. But that could be physically, emotionally, and spiritually. It's not magical. It's a matter of cause and effect. You know, I teach first grade. That's probably something you learn in those lower elementary schools. It's, it, it's in fact, if you do one thing, there's a natural effect to go with it. So let's look at the natural effect of our words. So here we have our first point, and it's in your notes. It says, our words begin with our, what's that word say? Thoughts. So write thoughts. Our words begin with our thoughts. Words are simply the overflow from our hearts and minds. Words are simply the overflow from our hearts and minds. While you're writing that, we have Luke 6.45. It's in your notes. It says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings out evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks, what does it say? What the heart is full of. Thoughts are powerful. 
Okay, get this. Our thoughts affect our emotions, which affect our words, which in turn affect our actions that ultimately affect our futures. It's a domino effect. So if you have trouble with the words you say, you might need to start changing the condition of your heart, your thoughts. Colossians 3, 2, it's in your notes. It says, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. If your mind is truly set on things above, then your speech or words should be clean, right? They should be above reproach. It should be kind and genteel. Regardless of what we naturally think, that might not come naturally, you have to choose good, positive, uplifting thoughts, thoughts of faith. Joyce Meyer, in her book, A Battlefield of the Mind, she said, this is in your notes because this is a really good quote, you can't have a positive life and a negative mind. You can't have a, what kind of life? A positive life with what kind of mind? A negative mind. You can't have a positive life and a negative mind because that is so true. They just don't work together hand in hand. But what about your emotions? They also come into play with your thought life. Our emotions are fickle friends. They cannot be trusted. They'll lead us astray and upset us unnecessarily. They can even cause us to miss our calling in life. Anybody ever thought about that? But you have to choose what to dwell on because those thoughts become words and eventually actions. So that brings us to our point here. Our words have what? Power. power. Our words have what? Power. power. Our words have power. Proverbs 18, 20 to 21 says, From the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. The tongue has the what? Power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Right? The tongue has the power of life and death. When has an acid tongue burned you or kind words refreshed you? Or we've all wished we could retract a thoughtless jab, right? Or had the perfect word to say at the right time. But the Bible tells us there's some words that bless and curse. So we're going to use these little acronyms, bless and curse. I'm going to show you. We have bless and we have curse. This is going to help us or kind of give you a guideline. The words you say. So think about the words you say. Which category do they fall in? Do they bless or do they curse? We're not talking like you're sitting there with your little doll and you're cursing someone, you know, those people that are, or weird stuff like that, or I'm saying curse words necessarily. It's talking about your words can literally bless someone or they can bring cursing to their life or your life just by those words you say. So think about, do your words bless or do they curse? They can't do both simultaneously. They do one or the other because once you curse someone, you can never take it back. I remember when I was a kid, my parents gave myself and my brother and sister a tube of toothpaste and a paper plate. Has anybody ever heard this before? Okay, well they told us, all right, now use this tube of toothpaste and just squeeze it all out, all over your plates. So kids, I mean, that's pretty cool. You know, it's like, oh, we'd never been able to do that because it's just wasteful, but it was so fun. So we're squirting out all this toothpaste and they're like, make whatever designs and we're making mountains and whatever. And then they set a $20 bill on the table and our eyes got huge because when you're a kid, hey, even 20 bucks for me, I'm like, I'll do something for 20 bucks. 
But they're like, if you can get all of the toothpaste back inside the tube, we'll give this $20 bill. And so, man, were we trying, getting it all in, using the lid, you know, sticking in with our fingers, and try as we might, we just couldn't do it. The same is true for the words we speak. If you say a cutting remark to a family member, you may regret it, and you can ask that person for forgiveness, right? But the damage is still done. They will still remember that remark, even if it's forgiven. Just as we couldn't get that toothpaste back into the tube, so are you not able to take back the words you say to others or even to yourself. And I mean, I did that probably when I was like eight years old and that has stuck with me. I can see that mental picture of the toothpaste and I think, because you can never truly take it all back, right? So here's some guidelines to ask yourself. It looks like a lot on your notes, but we're literally just going the blessed side, curse side, blessed side, curse side, just a brief synopsis. So you're able to kind of take a record or assessment of, you know, kind of throughout your day, like, okay, is that something that blesses or am I, am I really cursing my family by what I'm saying to them? All right. So first we have, do my words build up or criticize? We have the B and we have the C. So the first word we're going to look at is building. That's your first blank, building. These words instruct, improve, they build up, edify, affirm, or promote growth. Think about the words you say. Does it follow this guideline? Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So sincere compliments and words of affirmation, they strengthen people's positive traits, right? God's word builds us up by telling us who we are in Christ and how to live victoriously. Words that build encourage the listeners. So those of you that have friends or family members who their love language is encouraging words, this is a huge one. It's mine, right, Tay? It's all about affirm them, affirm them, affirm them. But truly, we should be affirming everyone we meet, those people around us, everyone who comes in our pathway. See what I did there? Everyone who comes in our pathway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Encourage the people. I have to make sure you're listening. Encourage the people around you. So like this, hey, I noticed you're doing a fantastic job, fill in the blank. Or I really appreciated that you fill in the blank. Build up, build up, build up. She's not here right now, but Gina is so encouraging. She is an encourager. So is Pat. A lot, I mean, like so many of you guys, but it's like just take an effort to encourage and build them up. How's another way you could do that? Praise the Lord. We're going to edify ourselves. Sing and make melodies in your hearts. Thank him for all he's done. When you don't feel grateful, that's when you have to thank him for all he's done, right? You have to build yourself up. Start declaring that God's good, that he has a plan and a purpose for you, that he's working in your life. It's purely a matter of choice because on the flip side, we have, so the opposite of building is what? Critical. Anybody know some critical people? Woo, critical. These words judge and find faults. They tear down, beat up, and focus on defects and inadequacies. There's a story of a lady who wanted to give her critical mother the perfect Christmas gift. She didn't have a lot of money, so she listed 10 projects on a paper for her mom that she had wanted done, and she promised to complete them. 
that's really nice, right? Well, when her mother opened the gift and she read the list, she said, is that all? And with those three small words, she crushed her daughter. That's all it takes sometimes. It's just a little teeny tiny critical remark and that can just So do you want to be known as a problem identifier or an encourager, a giver of life or death? Criticism comes more easily than craftsmanship, but we need to be craftsmen anyways. So you might need to start biting that tongue if you feel criticism rising up. Remember, no one wants to be criticized or torn apart. It's a relationship killer. So you may even be tearing yourself down, right, with a critical spirit. You might need to start looking in the mirror, truly, and building yourself up. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm made in the image of Christ. I am a difference maker. I am called by God to make an impact. I am talented. I am valuable. I am fearfully and wonderfully made, right? Can you hear it? I was telling Taylor even today, this summer I've been reading the Bible, I got a special Bible just to do it, and I'm going through Psalms right now, and I'm highlighting the verses that, that's like I can put inside of me, and I write, I am this. And so I'm going through each chapter, and it's like, the righteous will never be forsaken. I will never be forsaken. That's part of that building up. You might need to do something. Build yourself up. So fight the urge to criticize, and instead, Build yourself up and the people around you. Okay, next. This is going to be a quick one because we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Are my words what? Loving or unwholesome? Loving words. That's our next blank. Loving. These words reflect God's nature. Love is the hallmark, not the hallmark channel. Love is the hallmark of a believer and the perfect regulator of the tongue. Hey, there you go. Love is the hallmark. The hallmark channel is the channel of love, right? But you just remember that, loving. Okay. Are my words loving? Love seeks a person's eternal best, and they tell the truth in a constructive way. It never flatters, but warns, confronts, and protects. Love conquers all. Ephesians 4.15 says, you can go back. Ephesians says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. The more we love others, the more we become like Christ. So check the motive behind what you say. Sincere love blesses people. Love should be at the forefront of all we say and do. You guys remember the sermon from a few weeks ago? The greatest commandment is to what? Love. We should be marked by love, and so should our words. But on the flip side, we have unwholesome. Unwholesome. These words are detrimental to physical, mental, or moral well-being, also known as unhealthy So while love speaks the truth for the good of the hearer and shows respect, unwholesome words manipulate. They use people. They grieve the Holy Spirit. Discard this fruit like overripe, or discard this talk like overripe fruit. I know I've had some fruit in my kitchen that got thrown away. Shouldn't be like that, right? They put down, they're degrading, and they're the complete opposite of love. They injure, and those injuries are sometimes irreparable. So just a reminder, we already talked about Ephesians 4.29. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. How much? Don't let any. That means nothing. That means do not let it slip out. No unwholesome talk should be coming from our mouths. You shouldn't have to be like, oops, 
Do not let any. So next we have, does my tongue encourage or ridicule? Does my tongue encourage or ridicule? All right, our next blank. Here we go. What kind of words? Encouraging. What kind of words? Encouraging. Okay, these words inspire with courage or hope. They also hearten. Encourage, I like this. Encouragement provides the home team advantage. It urges people to be brave and exercise their God-given gifts. It says, I believe in you, right? Through Christ, you can do it. You're not alone. You should be the biggest cheerleader of the people around you even yourself, because this goes hand in hand with words that build up. They're kind of synonymous, right? But we encourage people by showing respect for them. Even if they have a different opinion than ours, we listen and we empathize instead of minimizing pain of those hurting as well. Hebrews 3.13 says, but encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. It's not a one-hit wonder. You should be encouraging the people around you and yourself. How often? Starts with a D. You can go back. Daily. What is it? Daily, right? Like we said, it's not a one-hit wonder. You have to do it daily. So think about what you say to your spouse or your kids or your grandkids or your coworkers. Are you encouraging them often or daily right daily first thessalonians 5:14 says and we urge you brothers and sisters warn those who are idle and disruptive encourage the disheartened help the weak be patient with everyone those are good just guidelines to live by right geese in flight did you know that when they're in flight they honk to encourage the goose in front who breaks the resistance of the wind have you ever noticed that they do that? Would those around you call you a cheerleader like those geese in flight? Because the encourager geese are just as important as those geese that break that wind resistance. They're a team and they know they're better together. Don't be a solitary goose, okay? Yeah, you need to be that encourager goose that says, you can do it, you can do it. Sometimes you have to tell yourself, I could do this, I could do this, God's with me. Or hey, you can do it. Okay, on the flip side, we have what kind of words? Ridicule. Anybody know someone who ridicules? Ugh. Do not be a ridiculer. These words mock, deride, they taunt, and they name call. Ridicule is a form of rejection and devalues people made in God's image. Ridiculing words cloaked in a thin veil of, veil of humor still hurt. So even if you don't mean ill, if the person is injured by them, your tongue has become a destructive weapon and not a life-giving tool. Watch what you call your kids or your grandkids because they just might live up to that nickname. You know, like some people call them like chaos or little crazies or holy terrors. Believe me, they could totally live up to what you're giving them. Even though it's, you know, in humor, not a good thing. You know, we've literally called Abigail sweet Abigail, right, Taylor, since before she was born. And you know what? Would you not agree? Abigail truly is sweet Abigail. We've been claiming that over her life, that she is sweet, that opposite of that ridicule side, sweet Abigail. 
All right, so remember, like that toothpaste analogy, once you ridicule, you can't truly take it back. Ephesians 5.4 says, Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. So take that mental check. What am I saying? What are my words falling? Which category? All right, we have soothing our next. Is my tongue soothing or sharp? Okay, our blank. What's the word? Soothing. 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 These words heal. A quiet and gentle spirit is precious to God and doesn't need to snap and yell. Soothing. Even the word soothing, we talk about, this is random, but anybody know what an onomatopoeia is? Have you ever heard that word before? It's their words that, what do they do? Do you remember? Yeah, like the word pop. When you hear it, you hear the word pop when you say it. Yeah, like crash. You hear the word crash in the word. In the word soothing, it's kind of a soothing word. So remember, soothing, these words heal. Proverbs 15.4 says, the soothing tongue is a tree of life. Oh, is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Okay, you can go to the next one. I have quite a few verses. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And we have that next one. You can read that. It's talking about gentleness, being soothing. You must not be quarrelsome. Be kind. When we abide in Christ, we stay calm, cool, and composed. In quietness and trust, we find strength. Because it's tough for someone to fight if you don't put on the boxing gloves. Have you noticed that? You don't have to attend every fight you're invited to. Sometimes it happens, but overall, those soothing words make it difficult for someone to get back. So think about something that's soothing. Have you ever gotten a bug bite? I know Devin has. And put bug bite cream on it. Have you felt that? It almost soothes almost instantaneously. Or take it a bath with Epsom salt. It soothes. It's like you can are able to take a big sigh of relief. That's what our words should be like in a tense situation. It should be that sense of, you know, when you speak, there's something soothing about the words you speak. Because on the flip side, we have words that are what? Sharp. Sharp. These words cut and slice like a chef's knife. Sharp words include insults, jabs, curse words, usually spoken in anger and bitterness. Psalms 52.2 says, you who practice deceit, your tongue plots destruction. It's like a sharpened razor. You know, I remember when I was a young kid, my sister and I were in the bathtub, and I remember, I remember saying, hey, Caitlin, look, I can shave like mama. And I proceeded to shave. Well, like my mom, I thought, but I pushed really hard, and I just went all the way up my leg. And let me tell you, it burned like crazy. I had, I, I mean, literally from the base of my foot all the way up to my knee, I learned that razors were sharp. And so I never did that again. Now that I learned, oh, soothingly, softly, gently. So don't mess with a razor, right? It could do a lot of damage, but so can sharp words. So if you have a problem with blurting out insults, jabs, like it says, or curse words, you may need to learn to take a deep breath Right? Pray and ask God to help you to guard your mouth 
Or you may even need to step away from the situation completely. Pre-decide that you will not react with sharp words. In fact, you'll respond with soothing ones. So you won't see me ever yell at Taylor, at another driver, at Abigail and Matthew, at my class of kids. And I'm around a lot of kids during the school year, 20 plus six and seven year olds. I have plenty of, op or plenty of opportunities to use sharp words, but it's not even an option because I pre-decided, predetermined that I'm not gonna use those kind of words. And sometimes I, I do. My watch will say, breathe. Do you ever have that? Like, whoo, and you gotta breathe. And you have to choose to word to use soothing tones because you have to know that once you say something, the damage is done. There's no reason to yell. Your kids and the people around you will only respond to you if you're yelling, right? If you're a yeller, but let your words hold the power, not the tone. So what power fuels your tongue? This is our last one, our last two options. The spirit Okay, our blank here. Spirit-filled. Well, hopefully we have these kind of words. Spirit-filled. Spirit-filled. How's it going for the writing? You guys still going? Okay, these words provide the power and wisdom to harness the tongue because self-effort can't tame the tongue. Neither can good intentions. We could, we could pre-decide all we want, right? We could practice all we want, but we need the power of God and we have it. That's the Holy Spirit. It's a continual process to tame the tongue. Otherwise, it can run amok. That's why we have the fruit of the Spirit passage here. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is what our speech should be full of. The fruit of the Spirit. He'll help you, but we just have to let him. We must do our part. We have to present our tongues to God as an instrument of righteousness. Ask him to fill us with the spirit and then practice offering him praise and thanksgiving and watch what he does to infuse our tongues with life-giving power. Because spirit-filled lips bless God and people. But we have to submit our heart to him and hand him the reins to our tongue. Otherwise, our words will be this. And what would it be? Evil-fueled. Evil-fueled. So many people's words are evil-fueled. They're a restless evil set on fire by hell and controlled by the evil one. That makes it a lot more intense, right? Yikes. The tongue, James 3, 6 and 8 says, The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course. This is crazy. The whole course of one's life on fire. And it is itself set on fire by hell. It's a restless evil full of poison. The tongue is small but powerful. Unbridled, it dispenses deadly poison or can start a lethal fire. When Taylor and I lived in San Diego, we lived at the base of a large hill in a valley. And one day, we received word that there was a fire nearby. Well, we weren't that concerned. I mean, you know, it's like, can't see it. Eh. You could see smoke in the distance. But then, when we saw the fire at the top of the hill, things got a little more intense, you know, kind of more hurried. It's like, well, let's go ahead and get ready to evacuate. So it's kind of funny, like Taylor, he grabbed his computer and guns, 
such a guy, and I grabbed the dog in my coach purses. I kid you not, that is what we grabbed, and we didn't really grab other things, but it was like we had Tucker, my purses, Taylor has his computer, and the guns, like what more do you need? There you go. So we had a fun night in another town, came back to the house when we heard the coast was clear. Our house was safe, but many others were not, right? An unbridled tongue leaps to despair, destruction, and even sometimes death. So that's like that fire. You don't know where it's going to go. It's destructive. But on the flip side, bridled by the Holy Spirit, the tongue blesses and it refreshes and it gives life. So I want you to consider, is your tongue heaven's gift or tool or is it hell's weapon? So really, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's, I want you to take time this week, kind of take an assessment each day, like, okay, how... How am I responding to situations? Am I being led by the Holy Spirit or am I being hell's weapon right now? Um, Because it is, there's power, right? Life or death in the power of the tongue. And this is kind of our last verse. It sums it up. It's very important. What does it say? Take control of what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips. So that is just what we need to live by, guard my lips. It's like, have you ever seen the guards at Buckingham Palace? Those guys take their job very seriously. It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter who's trying to bother them, what's going on natural, what, you know, around them. They guard that royal family no matter what. The queen specifically, no matter what. And that's how we need to live our lives, that no matter what we do, we choose to guard our lips because we know that our, our words have the power of life and death. And so... It's getting kind of late, so I think we might take our cards home with us. It's 11.10. You want to do it now? We have a moment? Okay. We're going to put into practice what we talked about. So the guys are going to turn on some quiet music, and I want you to think, if you'll pull out one of those cards, there's two of them, I want you to think of right now one person that you could encourage by writing a note. Instead of home, this is part of your homework. This is actually schoolwork because we're doing it right here. But I want you to think of someone that you can encourage or show love to or whatever it may be. And I want you to write them a note. And you can either mail it this week if it's someone who doesn't live nearby. Or you can give it to someone. Because we're going to put into practice the power of our words. And sometimes it's not just words you speak. It's words that you write or text. And so I want to encourage you to take a moment. They're just, I'm going to be quiet. But I want you to truly think, who do I need to encourage? And once you finish, take a moment, pray for that person, and then we'll close out in a final prayer. So I'll give you just a few minutes just to have a moment to encourage. Thank you for tuning in today. For more content like this, visit our website, www.pathwaychurchok.com to see the variety of ways you can download this content and so much more. It's our pleasure that you would tune in, and we believe that if you take the content you just heard, write down the parts that spoke to you, and work on a plan to apply it, you will not be the same person a year from now. We hope today you can take this content, apply it, share it, let it change you, and you can become all God has called you to become. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be together again soon. Until then, keep growing.